Blog Talk Radio. I have an emergency. What is your location? Yes, indeed. Welcome to the war. This is Rescue Radio. Today we're going to be talking about these things shall they do unto you. I know we've been looking a lot towards the signs of his coming, honey. A lot of signs. Yeah. A lot of signs pointing to his coming. And uh, one of these is these things that they will do unto you. Yes. And, and in, in that crisis moment of when people are, you know, put to the line, what will they do and what will be done to them? And not only that, we're going to also be talking about the blessed hope and the return. But let me uh, just talk about that line for just a second. You know, we, we don't get real political on this show. but um, read that in John 16? Oh, sure. All right. The because thing. these things have I spoken in John 16, 1 through 4. Mm-hmm. So these things have I spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. Mm-hmm. So the very fact that he's prophesying, actually, at that point in in John fourteen, uh, he says um, that he was going to go away. He says, "Peace I leave with you; my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give unto you. Let not um, your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid." Um, he said he was going to go away. He says he's coming. He's coming back, um, and he did. He he went. Uh, John fourteen twenty eight. He left, and he came back. He left Acts eight nine one, Acts one nine, and he's coming again. And but in light of that, and in the meantime, we've got a lot of things to, uh, you know, be troubled about if we choose to be troubled. But back to that line for a second. You know, it says in I think it's Daniel in the in the last days that the righteous would become more righteous or godly, and the ungodly would become more ungodly. And up until you know. Recently, it's been more like a slow simmer that the, the heat is being turned up, the rights and are being taken away, the in, immorality, the injustices are kind of just kind of subtly coming in and surrounding us. It's like the frog in the kettle, um, and and at that point where the frog finally maybe even realizes he might be being cooked, he's already then too weakened to jump out of the kettle. He is, even though he, he, and he may not even realize or sense that that's what's happened. And so at that point he is overcome by his circumstances. But back to the line, there are lines being drawn now that are making it very clear. This is the line. You, you can't, you know, are you going, are you going to be, are you going to tolerate uh, the selling of baby parts? Are you going to tolerate any more, um, that you know these various political situations where they put you in a position to have to deny your faith, like Peter said, should we serve God or man? Yeah, it's not just political situations; it's moral situations, right? You know, just conviction. You know, Acts chapter five, verse twenty-nine. There's a it's it's a point there that is really need to be expressed again in our day uh, because they were forbidden in that case. By the by, the religious leaders, by the state, mm-hmm. to preach Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and Peter said, uh, <laughs> yeah. "Listen, we normally we are here as mm-hmm. Christians to be law-abiding, be law-abiding people, yeah. and 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 because God commands us. And, and in most cases, as long as there are laws, uh, even you know, God is kind of behind." The human government. Mm-hmm. He, he's, we have human government, which often, though, is very corrupt. In some cases, we can submit to the laws of human government mm-hmm. and still keep our 
of faith, keep mm-hmm. our uh, follow our convictions, right. follow the word of God. But in some cases, mm-hmm. and be so, good citizens, so, right, and be good citizens. In some cases, the laws of man cross the laws of God, the principles of God, mm-hmm. and that's when we have to say, like Peter did in Acts chapter five, verse twenty-nine, we ought to obey God rather than man. Right. So the push come push is coming to shove all around the nation now, and it's like uh, you know the example of uh, Kim Davis in Kentucky, the the, the mm-hmm. uh, deputy clerk that uh, said, you know, I will not. Uh, issue licenses for gay marriage. Well, here's the problem with, yeah, and I get that, and I totally get that, but you see there are people outside of her jail cell protesting. She's sitting inside, sitting there for righteousness, but the thing is, the thing is, you know, Peter was sitting in jail for righteousness' sake, too, and the Lord God sovereignly sent the angel and just delivered him because the people were praying, not protesting. Mm -hmm. We still think somehow our protesting is going to make the government do something good. It will not. But here's the deal. You you have to understand this nation is gripped in what I call torture rack of witchcraft. And what it is is on the one side, um, if we support Kim uh, Davis, you know, some some oppose, some support. You're dividing the nation, so the devil gets what he wants that way. And if you don't support her, then we're we're failing to support our, bre- our brethren and 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 abandoning them. And then the devil gets what he wants that way. So whichever way you go on a, de- on a demonic witchcraft torture rack, the devil's going to win. So we have to really look to God's solution. You know, for Peter and those guys, they didn't picket their state government. They didn't march on Rome. They went to the Lord and prayer meetings, and they began to seek God, and and God did miraculous things, which which then mm-hmm. the the authorities could not could not resist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's important for us to to take a stand. We have to pick our battles. We just can't lay down and play dead against you know. Uh, I think that the that we don't pick our battles anymore. I think the Lord picks our battles well, for us, yeah. and we well, stand. The choice, the choice is coming. Mm-hmm. The choice is coming. Are you going to stand for the law, for the Lord, what's right, and mm-hmm. possibly face a lawsuit over someone that uh, uh, they feel like they've been rejected because they a pastor has refused to marry a homosexual couple? Uh, are, are people going? Are pastors going to be willing to stand with that? Uh, and not compromise and face the lawsuit, face the problem. This Kim Davis is just just a, a kind of an example. They're making her an example of uh, what happens when you disobey these corrupt laws of the land. So, but even so much more, you know. Each per- personally, we can stand in support of a person, but what are we going to do? Jesus said right. in in sixteen four of of, of John, he said that these things I've told you, that when the time comes, you will remember right. that I told you them. And what's, what is he talking about? These things, these persecutions, these, um, you know, rejection. Um, you know, if you go back to Psalm 22 for a second, it's kind of like what happened to Jesus. It's, um, uh, let's see if I can find it. Psalm 22, he says, verse 6. But I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men, despised of all those who see me, laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake their heads, saying, He trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. He, he, he knew he was going to be abandoned. He, he even said that on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But in the, in the point of his heart, he had made a decision, even knowing ahead of time this prophetic Disaster, reproach, shame, humiliation, ridicule, mocking, uh, ostracizing, belittling, name-calling. And that's what he says, a disciple is not above his Lord. So these are the kinds of things that we must be prepared in our hearts because of our love for God or his love for us and the blessed hope. We must be prepared to settle it in our heart ahead of time that we will stand for the Lord. Right, and we're not just looking to pick a fight. We're just going ahead and following what the Lord said. Right. You know, and, and Jesus just went about his father's business. Right, and he knew this was going right. to happen. He knew this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. He just was obedient to the Father. He preached, he prayed, he healed, he delivered people from demons. He you know, fulfilled the Father's will, went to the cross, all of that. And then there was all this opposition that mm-hmm. came in 
uh, from the religious leaders, from the political leaders, all around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that, that we're facing that more and more. So the the line, like you said, the lines are of demarcation are being drawn well, I think... more and more clearly. And here's the deal: we are not called to be on the defensive. I see a lot among a lot of Christian mm-hmm. Christians now. It's like backpedaling. It's damage control. Mm-hmm. What do we do now? What mm-hmm. do we do that now that the gay marriage is legalized in, mm-hmm. in the nation? Uh, you know, so we oh, we have to do all this damage control right. stuff. And God has called us. He said, Jesus said, and was it Mark, uh, Matthew 16, about the gates of hell? Yeah. The gates of hell, the co- gates the gates of hell were, uh, the gates in, in ancient times were places where people made decisions. They were mm-hmm. like the meeting places. They were, they were, uh, they were like the... Uh, the vulnerability the, the points. Com- the committee rooms of mm-hmm. the legislature, for example. They were they were the um, conference rooms for a, a, a corporation, mm-hmm. or they were the places where people met in a restaurant and planned uh, certain things in our day. Mm-hmm. But the gates, the these were pl- where plans were made, where plans were developed, where schemes were hatched. And he says all the schemes of Satan will not be able to prevail against the church. So we mm-hmm. are called to be really in in, a, in an aggressive posture, not just politically, but spiritually, bringing forth the love of God, not being uh, defensive, but just going ahead, responding. Even though we're attacked, we respond with love and grace and continuing to speak the truth uh, according to uh, the Word of God. Well, in that verse, to uh, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. What's coming through those gates of hell, the spew, the rot, the uh, immorality, the demonic agenda will not prevail against the church. The church is not on the defensive in this particular statement. It is on the offensive because the church is taking the gates, uh, you know, the war, the enemy in the gates. The, The church is going after this spew of vile, uh, you know, corruption. And and I believe that that's part of what we need to understand. We cannot be of the world. When we're in the world, we're, we're of God, we're of God's kingdom. We cannot be compromising. Um, but each individual, each one of you is going to have to individually decide what it's worth, what heaven is worth to you, what is righteousness worth to you, what is your salvation worth to you. And you know, on a, going back to the story of the frog again, um, I have to say I'm I'm. You look at the masses of people, and I got to see a lot of the masses of the people at the state fair. Um, and I, by appearance, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover necessarily. You can't judge by appearance. And I, uh, forgive me for making some discerning observations in this matter, but it it you know I mean you can't. The people are uh, pasty, exhausted. Uh, deluded and trying to indulge their bodies and their their lives in some little type of hope, some sensual momentary, you know, pleasure of their taste buds or entertainment. And the things of God, they turn their face away. They just turn their eyes away. They go on the other side. They don't want to be engaged in any kind of heart conversation, any kind of eternal. And so it's like, I'm not saying that's everyone, but that is um, very that's that's uh what is that that's really scary i guess to say that these people are not willing or ready or even able to discern the times well we all these things of of the corruption in government the corruption in the church has uh, ruined lovers the people of, yeah. lovers of pleasure mm-hmm. more than lovers of god is a characteristic of the last days yeah, it's uh, one of them. Yes, it's exactly right. And and people turning their ears from the truth and being turned to fables. We're we're going to be going to a what I call a 21st century new age hippie music festival this weekend, and many there, many of the young adults have. Uh, They're are, into have fables. Turned to fables. Yeah. Their fables is the big deal for them. And she, uh, uh, Paul said, in the last days, he told Timothy, they shall turn. Their ears mm-hmm. shall be turned from the truth. They shall turn their ears away from the truth and be turned to fables. Yeah. So this is this well, is really, and you know, really the thing here. Jesus said this is how happen. it was going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we can get all depressed and say, oh, man, it's so bad. It's so right. And certainly it is. And we 
we are called to be salt and light in this world. Mm-hmm. We are not going to change the prevailing yeah. evils of human government and human society. Or prophetic word either. Right. Because, you know, going back to the, the, the where people are living, um, they're living in the shallow everyday, you know, world of their imagination, fables, video games, movies, media, um, and, and, and their worlds are really saturated. They're living in their minds, they're seeing their simulated lives because they hate the life they got, and they're not engaged in living their real life in their real soul with their real spirit and their real conversations with God. They're, they're more engaged in living an imaginary life in a, in a make-believe world where they can be in control, where things are going good, and their physical bodies uh, are not really necessary in those worlds because they can live it in their mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, we can be deceived, deluded, and totally unaware of the current events. I think Jesus was really prophetically aware of our current events that we're experiencing, living in, days we're living in right now, and he told us about them. He says, I told you this is going to happen. Do you not believe me? Um, you know, and then he even told the disciples at that moment and, and his, his crisis moment, um, you're going to abandon me. You're going to leave. And then Jesus remarked in, uh, I think it's Luke, where he says, when, when he comes back again. And that's the point of our whole conversation is when he comes back, he said, will he really find faith on the earth? So you're going to see a lot of this falling away this being cooked in the kettle, the masses being deceived, swept away. We're not saying they're, I don't know if they're lost or saved, but they're surely, um, they're not going to be able to take any stand for righteousness or um, be excited. I mean, Jesus wants us to even say, even so come, Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. I was just reading this morning. As a matter of fact, if you guys want to get a really good blog, go to faithhappens.com. Doug Woodward, he's got an excellent blog out there. Um, talking about these very days. And September, he says, will September be a month to remember? Or will it be one another one of those duds where people are all getting excited about things? And, and, and But that's the other side of the problem. These prophetic words and signs are so gradual, so, you know, ordinary. So we're so familiar with, you know, the evil and the compromise. But anyway... Interesting enough, Increase Mather, that's the name of the guy, Increase Mather. He was one of the first presidents of Harvard. And he was talking about the scriptures hastening the day of the Lord and looking forward to the coming of Jesus Christ back in the, the president of Harvard. Now, think about the president of Harvard saying those things, encouraging his students to look for the day of the, of the return of the Lord. And think about Harvard today and what it stands for. And that's kind of what we're talking about, that gradual degeneration, that gradual rotting away. Uh, it started out godly, righteous, looking for the appearing of the Lord. And what happened? Mm-hmm. What can, happened to everything? Right. You could see it from many. Uh, you can look at what became the, uh, you know, specifically the John Wesley and what's happened to the Methodist Church, Martin Luther, what's happened across the board for the most part among the, the Lutheran Church. You could you could just say it across the board. Yeah. These Ivy League schools, uh, most of them were uh, there to train ministers right. in godliness and righteousness. And, and and even so today, you see even people that were, you know, full-fledged Bible colleges training of ministers mm-hmm. have gotten to be uh, more uh, liberal Immoral. arts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've gotten to be more uh, broad in their approach. And I can understand to a certain extent that it's okay if someone comes to a Christian college to learn nursing or to get an education degree. They're not necessarily going to be a, a pastor or, or a, a foreign right. missionary. I can understand that. But still there is that watering down. And we are Jesus gave us mm-hmm. many signs of his coming. Mm-hmm. And so it's like... Uh, you know, when when you, you you take a trip, it's just just very simple, obvious things that we do all the time. You take a trip, you you follow the signs, or you follow your uh, GPS, uh, you know, on your phone or whatever. But you follow the signs. You see the signs. Yeah. You don't necessarily see the city of your destination. You don't necessarily see your destination, but you see the signs. You see, okay, if and I, by faith you, to, you follow you, you those follow signs. signs. Yeah. Okay, okay, if I need to get on um, 
I-35, I follow I-35 to a certain place, and then it maybe says, this city is so many miles ahead. I see the signs, I follow the signs, I don't see the end result. But, but you I, believe. But I, I believe mm-hmm. that that town really is up there, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get there if I uh, if I observe the signs. And continue now, on that road. Is, we observe the signs. The thing is, we we know in part and we prophesy in part. And so the thing is, there's certain things that we know of a certainty, and we, we recognize the signs of the times. Could I share some of those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, let's do that. Know, Jesus, this is what Jesus said, the signs of the times and the ends of the age, okay? End of the Not age. the end of the world. Mm-hmm. It's the end of the age. Mm. And he said... And uh, there's a difference. There's a difference. Okay. The present evil age that we're in. He said... In Matthew 24, uh, beginning with verse 3, and there's a lot, all, this whole chapter, I don't know if we'll see how we go with this, but he says now in verse 3, Now as he sat on, on the mountain of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? Now that's something we want to know in our day, right? Mm-hmm. When will these things be? It's kind of a threefold question here. And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And here Jesus, here he gives the answer. Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. In other words, boy, deception is going to be the big deal in the last days. And you know something that comes off as true and right, mm-hmm. but it is false. Beware of deception at every level is what he's saying. Well, you know, deception is by nature subtle. Deception is by nature a counterfeit woven in with the real. Because if it would be sudden, if something suddenly changes, we're alarmed. We're not deceived. We're, we're saying something is wrong. But when when that destruction comes at the end of a, of a long-term deception, like Jesus is saying here, be not deceived, you know, many will come in my name. How many have come in the name of Jesus Christ through churches, denominations, doctrines, theories, theologies, um, everything from evolution to, to the depravity of men to get us to just just ratchet it down, tone it down, accept a little more, a little more, and take in these teachers who are emergent or, um, you know, dissecting or uh, rejecting the Word of God. Well, even the mistranslations of the oh, Word of God, my. the paraphrases that really give a total wrong impression and that really put, put, use New Age mm-hmm. uh, terminology. Well, even... Even prepositions, I just noticed the other day in Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. I, I, I originally used to read the King James, the old King James, all the time only. Now I kind of switched to the new King James, but I noticed the prepositions in and of. And with those two prepositions in and of, Satan has completely shifted the base, the basis, the foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, and we're not going to go there a lot today, but just the subtle deceptions that come in that we don't have a pre- two prepositions in faith in Christ or the faith of Christ. And when we have the faith of Christ, we're able to stand and rest and receive and rejoice and be because it's, it's his. Yeah, he is imparting his faith to us. It says in verse 16 to 16 of Galatians, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. That's good. We understand that. But by faith and new King James says in Jesus Christ. The old King James says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by the faith of Christ. And the new King James says, in the, by, justified by the faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law no flesh should be justified. And then in, um, in verse, uh, let's see, I think it, he moves it down. Anyway, in and out. So it's the faith of Christ, and Christ's faith is what carries us. Now, th- that's the gospel of grace. In means I have to have faith in Christ somehow. Some have to conjure up this faith to have enough faith. I doubt my faith, get confused. What is the faith of Jesus? You know what? Mustard seed, grain of faith. I just have a measure. I've got two grains of mustard seed faith, and, and I need 12. Well, God will give me the other 10. You know, 
of his own stash. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but even the shifting of that gospel of grace, which we think is a tiny thing, that's like the, the earth's plates shifting and in, in setting up the, the potential for great earthquakes. But go ahead. What's, yeah, yeah. What are some of those other signs well, so besides earthquakes, signs. obviously? Uh, so many will come in my name saying that I am Christ yeah. and will deceive me. They will claim to be the anointed ones. We mm-hmm. are the anointed. We have the anointing. Of, of the spirit, the evidence of the spirit. Uh, yeah, that's is, is interesting too. Us, but a lot of times, it's evidence of spirits, not of the Holy Spirit. Right. And Counterfeit. will deceive many. It's true. You There's a hear, sign. Yeah, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Practically every day. Yeah. See that you be not, are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Mm. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom mm-hmm. against kingdom, and there will be famines. Mm-hmm. Uh, think of Check it off. Got this list going. Yeah. Pestilences. Yeah. So AIDS and bird flu and uh, mm-hmm. Ebola. And fires. And fires. Cancer. Droughts. Mm-hmm. Cancer. Diabetes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could say probably even, you know, other, other, many other things that plague human beings. Yeah. And earthquakes in mm-hmm. various places. The earth is just constantly shaking more and more and more. Um, we have this, what they call them, seismographs that, that, that uh, yeah. monitor all the seismic uh, thing. Almost every week you hear of an earthquake somewhere. Mm-hmm. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Mm-hmm. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. Mm-hmm. So it's happening uh, That's in, in the Middle East right now. Many places, uh, ISIS is uh, beheading believers. People are being shot and killed. Churches burned, destroyed uh, in um, even East Africa, Nigeria, Sudan. Even in America. And, and, and it's coming to America here, too. And you will be hated by all nations, all peoples, for my name's sake. Wow. That's prophetic, and it's, it's not happening. not going to say, oh, man, you're so wonderful. You're a follower of Christ. You follow mm-hmm. the love of the Lord, truth. It's not the case. It's going to be hatred. And then, men. you know what? That's exactly what we don't like. We don't like to be not liked. We don't like to be hated. We don't like mm-hmm. to be not part of. We don't like to be rejected. We don't like to stand out. We don't like to get picked on. And so we are desperate to of this very bad system that we like to be liked. Yeah, we like to be liked. And so to be stand against it is it really goes against our human nature because the the devil has conditioned us, cloned us trained us to be clones, to want to be, to get along in some sort of a weird way, not to stand out, not to resist, um, you know, because obviously if people resist and stand out too much, they're thrown in jail for something. Um, and we don't like that. But God is saying there's going to come a time when they will kill you. Why are they going to kill you? Well, it's because you're not fitting in, because you're standing up, because you won't cross that line and compromise with you know, those evil things that they're telling you you have to do. There comes a point in time where you have to say, what's worth, what's my soul worth? Is my soul worth another day eating, you know, at their table, uh, taking their rule, doing, you know, compromising? Or is, is my life, my eternal life worth giving it, you know, to live for Christ, to die for Christ? Is it worth living for it? Or can I, this precious gift, of my life, I can give it back to the Lord as an offering, as a sacrifice, as I stand up for what righteousness and truth. I know a lot of us, what will they do to you? These things they shall do to you. They're going to, you know, and they're doing them. It's not will do. They did do, and they always have done. Well, it's like Jeremiah. You know, uh, you think, oh, man, you know, a lot of Christians are portrayed as being so negative and hip- hypocritical and unrighteous and so forth. But Jeremiah, God told Jeremiah, I've I've called you to stand against the princes, the government. I've called you to stand against the prophets, against the people. I I I am with you. He says, I'm, they shall fight against you, but I am with you, and I will save you. I will deliver you. So, uh, it, it's not a popular message because uh, the the world. Is lies in the in the lap of the wicked one, and uh, is under the sway of the evil one. So, when we come, we are against that. Mm-hmm. We are against that evil system 
Mm-hmm. However, it's manifest, manifests through the church, through the government, mm-hmm. through in, individual lives, mm-hmm. however, education, yeah. where, wherever it manifests, we're against. But we come off against because we're for. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeremiah was against. God says, I am against you. God will say over and over again against you, I am against you. Why? Uh-huh. Because you've come against me. I am for righteousness. Mm-hmm. You are practicing unrighteousness. I am for truth. You're living lies and practicing li- uh, following lies. Mm-hmm. So so really, it's uh, we. yes, we are against evil in every form. But we are for it's because we are for righteousness. It's truth. And and you know, it's like God has been put on trial and it's like his um all of his truth, his prophetic word, his rescue operation through Jesus Christ, his salvation, even his uh, identity as creator, uh and everything that God is, everything who he is, what he is, who he is has been challenged by the God of this world. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like God is on trial, and he is being tried in the hearts and souls of each individual, each one who hears. Everyone has a chance to choose whether you're going to serve the Lord or not. And as a matter of fact, we have done a, um, a radio drama called God on Trial. We're going to give you a little sample of that right now as you um, you know, uh, continue to listen to what we're, we're talking about today. So go ahead. The heavens shook. Satan fell. The war in heaven was ended, but the war on earth had just begun. I dare you to let me test them. Would you test them to find fault with me? Let them choose for themselves whom they will serve. Perfect disguise. So subtle. And yet, alluring. You will be more like him. That is why he has marked it as separate. More like him? Mm-hmm. Here. Delicious. Hi. Uh, you see? Nothing to fear. But I am afraid of one thing. Oh, what is it, my darling? What about Adam? Adam, where are you? Adam. You lied to us. It's time you all suffer like he made me suffer. Those two are guilty and they will pay. Unless one can be found who is willing to pay the penalty for them. I demand my rights to a fair trial to determine my rights. You shall have your trial in the very hearts and souls of those you so freely seek to destroy. Well, then let them judge this matter. Let the accused become the judge, and the judge become the accused. Yeah, let the judge become the accused, the accused become the judge. And that's exactly the twist that Satan has set up in this world to get us to judge, reject the counsel, the word of God, the uh, the love of God. And because we have been born into this world and we're so familiar with it and all of its trappings and, and our main goal has been just simply to survive, we just... have not really um, been brought into the revelation of the intensity and the incredible uh, life and death uh, uh, um, stakes that are are in this game. Well, let me just say this, this game. Uh, regarding the um, opening arguments, this okay. uh, uh, audio series that you just heard a, a portion of, mm-hmm. just a little clip from, this is very powerful. I... I we don't say I don't say that enough. I, I don't believe, but it is it is so true and a way a, a dramatization yet based on scripture of every of spiritual warfare of the nature of God, the nature of the enemy, the nature of man. All this is rolled together. The devices of Satan, mm-hmm. the gates of hell, like mm-hmm. we talked about, mm-hmm. yeah. the councils. Yeah. The plans, the strategies of hell, 
and 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 the and the plan of God in the midst of this and the redemption of Jesus Christ that's brought through this. This uh series is just absolutely superior. It's entertaining, it's superior, it's it's biblical, inspiring. It's, it's inspiring. It will lead people through. We have, you know, kids, you know, homeschool kids that mm-hmm. just love it and listen to it over and over again. We had some children some time ago that took up a little offering mm-hmm. uh, to help us produce more of these. So this is, I just wanted to encourage you that are listening, look into that. Opening arguments, this dramatization, it's a great tool for people. People will listen to it whether they're believers or non-believers. Yeah. And and, and there's, there's truth that's going to come across there, and it can be a discussion starter. It can just get people mm-hmm. thinking, Bible focusing, mm-hmm. breaking through the kind of the fog that's in people's minds about life and God and <laughs> everything else. So Yeah, and you can get that. that. Yeah, you can get it through what, liferecovery.com? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, opening arguments. Opening arguments, God on trial and or God on trial. And you can just, um, you know, opening at liferecovery.com. We've got a lot of stuff there that's going to be helpful uh, again, let me just say this, that um, I don't know how to say this carefully or tactfully. Some of you will understand what I'm saying and some of you will not. But for those warriors out there who are working, whether they're writing blogs or singing songs or preaching the gospel, you know, with messages, books, um, giving, pouring out their heart, pouring out their time, the Bible encourages that. But those of us who are partaking of that, um, it's it's don't don't say to people whether it's someone who needs food or be warmed and filled, act upon help by purchase, get involved, dig in, find those people, the remnant that are doing what you need and know needs to be done, whether it's purchasing an audio series or joining a Bible study or a prayer meeting, whatever it is, don't just just look at it and walk on like the Levite and the, and, and the, and the religious, the priest who walked by the Samaritan. This is the bride of Christ. Walked by the, 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 yeah. the, they walked by the, the guy who'd been, yeah. Up, yeah. yeah. The good, the good neighbor. Um, but, but, you know, we, we need to engage it, We have been so long trained to be consumers and yet we don't purchase anything. I mean, we 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 if we don't like the church, it's like a restaurant. Don't like that church. We're going to go to another one that suits our tastes, suits our needs, tickles our ears, looks like what we're looking for. Um, we just we swap and shop. We don't commit. We don't anchor in. We don't root ourselves down. We don't bear the burden. You know, bear one another's burdens. We we just kind of like shift and drift, and it, we've been taught to do that. We've been taught this kind of welfare mentality that you, you're entitled, entitled, somebody owes it to you, um, you know, we're, we're spoiled. <laughs> we're spoiled in many ways. I mean, we go to the store, we buy our food, we, we, you know, unwrap it, we defrost it, we microwave it, we eat it, we eat, you know, and that's not how even the Bible says to get your food. The Bible says by the sweat of your brow, you shall eat your food. Now, I'm not saying that we all have to go out and have a, a field somewhere that we raise our turnips. I'm just saying that when we are so, you know, there's so much comfort and so much ease, it's easy for us to feel entitled and to not want to be soldiers, to not want to get involved, to not redeem the time. But let's understand that your soul is an individual soul. It's yours. God gave you a life, a breath. He breathed life into you, into your soul, gave you a body, and gave you gifts and is going to check in with you to see how you've used those gifts and where you have decided you want your soul to go. Mm-hmm. Whether you've decided to choose him or decided to reject him. Or, again, salvation and sanctification are not the same thing. You may be saved and just get into heaven by the skin of your teeth and have nothing to give to the Lord because you didn't seek him, you didn't pursue, you didn't use your gifts. Um, this is you have one life. Don't throw it away. Don't abuse it. Uh, don't abuse your body. And, you you know, redeem the time. That means make the most of it. This is your only chance to go through this life. Some people are just looking to get out of here, they, whether it's a rapture or a, 
or they just hate their life. They want to be gone. They don't like it. They don't want to engage. They're lazy. They're tired. They're exhausted. They're sick. All that has come because we have not really absorbed and eaten the Word of God. We need to go to it. Don't expect some preacher or some radio show or somebody else to feed you. Feed you. Feed yourself. Yeah. If you ate one literal physical meal a week, let's say you ate your meal on Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock, one meal, that's what you get all week. How strong would you be? You would fade away fast. You'd so and don't expect the preacher on Sunday morning or us on Tuesday morning or anybody to feed you that one meal. That can be a little... Uh, you know, enticement or strengthening or, you know, kind of a direction or whatever. But seek, press in for yourself. If you can't live for God, you're never going to be able to die for him. So let's start out by living for him. That's right. And then, you know, what you said earlier, Marjorie, about ministries, you know, to support. Now, we, uh, there are, you need to really evaluate if you're part of a certain ministry, mm-hmm. you know, you need to look at, is this a ministry of integrity? Do they believe in the, the inspiration and authority of the Bible, the word of God? Are they, are they good stewards of finances? Are they committed to reaching the lost discipleship? Are they not off the wall? Are they not just, you know, charismatic and got a big, a lot of glitter and gold and, stuff like that? Are they just not smooth, slick charlatans? You need to really sniff these people out spiritually, physically, well, to find out who is. And then, but like you said, we were, we were involved with a, uh, a ministry over the week and uh, this last week, and, and some would say, well, you know, oh, we, sir, appreciate what you're doing. God bless you. Mm-hmm. You're doing a great thing. And they walk on by and don't uh, contribute financially and stuff. So it's not that and Christians get this bad rap. Oh, these ministries are always asking for money, mm-hmm. begging for money, wasting money. Ministers that are living self, you know, extravagant, self-indulgent mm-hmm. lifestyles. Mm-hmm. So the Christians get a bad rap for that. So we don't. We sure don't want to support anything like that. Although millions do. But well, look yeah. at. Don't just say, "Be warmed and filled." Support something with your prayers, your well, finances, mm-hmm. and 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 help. Just. Help so you know the, there are people that ministries that are that struggle that uh, they're praying they're doing the right thing and uh, they just they just need prayers and and uh, financial support. Well, it says you know all those who live godly in Christ Jesus are going to suffer persecution, and we have to remember think talking about and this is switching subjects a little bit. We're but but it is a sign of the times and it is what they're going to do to us. Um, one of the things they're going to do and they have done consistently is the god of this world is the god of mammon and so the god of mammon tries to um be the last one to sign off on any assignment that god is giving you for example because you're going to bottom line it and say well you know that would be really good but we can't afford it so it's we're we're walking in fear not faith at that point not saying that we're going to you know tempt god and go out on a limb and see if if he's going to catch us if we fall off and we're doing some ridiculous thing that really hasn't been led of the spirit but at the same time humble i think one of the key things we're looking for in people who are um, serving the lord is having a teachable humble spirit and people who are looking to the lord god for their provision and and be w- being willing to lay down their life being willing to take the risk you know in, in impoverished countries the the persecuted church god provides they're not feeling bitter, um, entitled, angry, upset um, because they don't have it nice and they don't have a nice building. They're more they're they're in, they're excited to serve the Lord. They're seeing and because of that humility, because of that willingness to look to God, they're seeing what Peter saw when he was in jail. They didn't send out the picketers and 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 you know I'm going to defend my rights and scream at the Capitol building. They prayed. They prayed, and and I think we have not even begun to eat. Jesus said, greater works than these shall you do because they go to my Father. And we have to switch over from this entitlement mentality to I've got deserve, and you owe me, and you don't have a right to, and I'm going to defend myself, to looking to the Lord God who will defend us in the time of trouble, as it says in Psalm 20. Um, he's going to defend us, and, and there's many, many promises where God promises to provide, protect, bring vindication, um, deliverance. And some of our precious 
brothers and sisters or prophets who have been bound and snared and entangled by the system, by witchcraft, by health issues, by financial issues. And these are the, 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 the persecuted at this point. They're the, they've been persecuted through their marriages that have fallen apart, through witchcraft that's been practiced one against another, uh, through the system, through their mates, um, the, the, the deception because of ag- arrogance, because of fear, because of control, insecurity. And so all of these things are persecutions. Mm-hmm. All of these things. But, how, but God is going to answer us through prayer through intercession, through crying out, through humbling ourselves. Because if he doesn't, then he has lied. He said, I will not leave you orphans. I will not abandon you. I will never leave you or forsake you. But most of us say, well, that's okay, God. I can do it myself. I almost got this thing figured out. Now, what if all of your resources and all of your props and all of your schedules and all of your routines and all of your everything just gets absolutely immediately or very suddenly taken away? I believe what's going to happen is the frog is going to wake up and realize, you know what, we've been going the wrong way. We've been misled. We thought we were going to Chicago. We were going, you know, on this road, thought it was, and it wasn't, the, the sign had been switched, and we're ending up going towards... Uh, Bismarck. <laughs> for all of you who know, Bismarck's opposite way of Chicago from us. Yeah, yeah. In Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, Minnesota. But here's what they did, you know, and... and, and uh, we we need God to act, you know. Because Amen. The psalmist said, "Lord, it's time for you to act," because they were violated your law. At least yeah. In Psalm one nineteen, mm-hmm. and so, Lord, we need you to act. But but believers need to act in obedience to the Lord. Right. Sometimes we sit around, oh, Lord God, just do something. I can't Lord. do anything. And God is looking at us and says, "Do something. Do what I've told you to do." Then I will do what I only, only what only I can do. Right, and a lot of times we think, well, I'm only one person, and nobody else is doing it. But God always used basically one person: Moses, Noah, Jesus, Joseph, um, Mary, and Joseph. Uh, he, he wasn't looking for a majority or the the approval uh, of the majority to do what he needed to do. But you are one person. You can't blame it on there's nobody else is doing it or I'm the only one. You can't use that as an excuse. You don't have to give an account for the, the majority. You only will stand before God to give an account for one person, and that is you. Mm-hmm. Here, let me just, just read this as long as we're kind of going this way here today. Uh, in Acts chapter 4, um, this lame man that was healed and created a quite an uproar in the religious atmosphere of the temple, and he said, um, so that verse 17, they, they saw this is a miracle uh, that's been done. We can't deny it, but we don't want this to spread. Mm-hmm. We don't want this gospel to spread. Acts four seventeen, but so that it spreads no further among the people. That's the spirit of the age. That's the Antichrist spirit that is getting strengthened in America today. Let us severely threaten them, threaten the believers, that from now on they speak no to no man in this name. And so they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God you judge, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, They let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God uh, for what had been done. So this man that has been 40 years, this man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. He was was lame from his mother's womb, never walked, but he got up. A story many of you remember, he was, uh, Peter took him by the hand, lifted him up, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk, and then he wanted immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength, and he went into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Then it says of uh, uh, Peter and John, it says, they, being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth, in all that is in them, 
who by the mouth of your servant David have said, Why did the heathen rage and the people plot vain things? Mm-hmm. The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. That's what's going on in the nation. Mm-hmm. Supreme Court, uh, President Obama, the yeah. whole works. For those, for truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand or your purpose determined before to be done. So they've come against, they came against Christ, now they're coming against us. But they say, now, Lord, look, at their, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal. Give us boldness. Give us freedom of speech. Give us, we're going to speak, we're not going to back off here. Stretch out your hand to heal. Signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, this is the kind of prayers God really likes. Mm -hmm. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So this this is the response to the threats. It's uh-huh. that like we're not backing off, uh, Satan's backing off, and we're going to go ahead with uh, declaring mm-hmm. the name of Jesus. Well, it's like we're going back to the right power source, which is our God. And, you know, again, going back, Peter and those guys, they prayed, and God answered from heaven with miracles, with absolute positive miracles that no medical system, no ju- judicial system, no government system could resist or gainsay because these were absolute bona fide acts of God. Undeniable acts of God. Right. This is what we need to see in our day in individual uh, situations, in individual lives, personal lives, Mm -hmm. in families, Uh in governments, in in, uh, churches, in undeniable acts of God. We cannot deny God did this. Right. These are the miracles that we... Only God could do this. And this is what we need to see uh, multiplied in our day. Because this will bring the shock and awe. This will bring people back to the revelation that God is aware, God is, is, on, is on the throne, and he's uh, totally going to deal with this whole thing. In Romans chapter 13, if you want to go there for a Bible study someday soon, the first part talks about, you know, respecting the government and being part of the good citizen thing. But in, in verse 8, he says, And owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. And that's another sign of the end times, is the love of many growing cold. They don't want to get involved. They don't want to participate. They don't want to give their money. They might, you know, you know, join the wrong group. They might, and, and you can understand that because there's been so much deception and counterfeiting out there. But ultimately, when this gets down to push and shove and there's more crises than, than the EMTs and the medical systems and the fire departments can handle, we're going to have to start stepping up and stepping in and to love one another like the good Samaritan, the good neighbor. Um, this this is the real commandment. It all, Jesus said that they will know you are my disciples by the love you have for one another. And up to this point, the world has been a little confused about who are the real disciples because they don't see that love. They wow. they see it maybe in the persecuted churches in China, but they don't. I don't think they see it here uh, because everybody's still out for themselves. They, they, they see Christians fighting each other. Right, divided. Divided, yeah. And that's Satan's And but when you see the the, the the church comes together, this, you'll see the power of that unity, and you'll see the endorsement of the Most High God. It says in verse ten of Romans thirteen, "Love does no harm to a neighbor; therefore, love is the fulfillment, fulfillment of the law." And do this: what? Do what? This loving stuff, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. So this, we're going to be motivated. God is going to do his acts, the acts of God. Um, this is an act of God, the earthquakes, the violent overthrowing of nations and whatever else, and hailstones. God's got his arsenal. He's got hail. He's got thunderbolts. He's got fire. He's got meteors. He's got earthquakes. The plates. Of the, all of these things still are loyal to the Lord God. I know the devil can mess with them too, and he's messing with them through harp and uh, chemtrails and... CERN. The devil is messing to try to control the environment and the, the weather and whatnot. But ultimately, you know, and, and, and creating probably a lot of earthquakes and all of his messing around. But God ultimately is in control 
of everything. And so when he sees us humbly crying out, loving one another, knowing the time, waking up, doing what we're called to do, entering in, let God be the judge, you be the discerner, let God be the judge. He says, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. What day? Well, I believe the day of the revelation of the return of Jesus Christ. The night is far spent. We're living in darkness. We're living in a very difficult, hostile uh, world where it's uh, everything is dangerous except for the, the grace and the protection of God even now in our lethargy and our apathy and our entitlement, except for the grace of God even now in his mercy and his love. We would be slammed, smashed, crisped, and annihilated, tossed out, destroyed by Satan. Um, he says, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. You know what? That armor of light will make you a light. That armor of faith and the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation, the sword of God's word, the shoes of the gospel, they will make you stand out. You That's your warrior um, armor. We need to walk in that. We walk in that. Uh, it's high time to wake out of sleep. You know, when you're asleep, you're much more vulnerable to anything. And uh, for now, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Our salvation is going to be completed in the return of Jesus Christ. We are saved. We have our ticket. We're, we're in. We've got our reservations in heaven. But we're still, on, we're still on, the, on the way. We're still here. And so the day of our completion of that salvation is at hand. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness. So many people do their evil deeds at night. They get, you know, they look for the night. They like the partying. They party at night. Uh, partying is an absolute, total waste of time. Now, I'm not saying celebrations like you're celebrating someone's wedding, wedding or graduation or, you know, homecoming or from the army or something. But I'm saying just partying for the sake of partying, getting together, reveling. Uh, doing mischief, getting in trouble in the dark. You think that the day is not going to come to reveal that last night you were drunk, last night you got pregnant, last night, you know, you got uh, raped, whatever. I mean, the the day is here. Let's live as people, children of the light, walking properly, Um, not in licentiousness, not in lewdness, not looking for how close we can walk to the edge of the cliff of God's righteousness, not in strife and envy and bitterness, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to fulfill its lust. So many of us are worried about what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to put on. We shop, shop, shop. You know, most of you, I'm going to say this prophetically, I believe you have enough clothes in your closet, enough shoes in your closet to have enough to wear until Jesus comes back. I would almost want to say I bet, but I don't bet, that you would not need to worry another moment about what you're going to wear, what you're going to put on, and for the most part, we might need to worry and think a little bit more about what we're going to eat. But let's not busy ourselves in in, in, in the works of the flesh, partying, shopping, wasting our time. Um, you say, well, that's for you, not for me. I don't know. But you know, if you don't like it, you can call us and tell us you don't like it. But we'd love to hear some from you. Three four seven two one five eight zero five one. If you want to talk to us, we're we're uh, well, ready. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, but so what the thing is that we want to do is encourage you to take your opportunities in the Lord to take your the time He's given you, the moments He's given you to to invest them in eternal things, things of purpose, things of merit. You say, well, that's kind of boring. I like my life now. I want to do this. This is fun. I, you know, Most people are wearing themselves out trying to have fun so that they can feel good about something for 12 seconds. If you walk with the Lord, even if you're sitting in jail and, and stripped of all your everything, it's not about fun anymore. It's about peace. It's about joy. It's about knowing the revelation, the love, the fellowship of his suffering. That's that's more, that's way more um, uh, of merit than fun. Fun is not anything. Jesus said, okay, guys, have fun. I'm going to be gone now for a while. Just cut up and have fun. Goof off. You know, don't worry. Just wait till the last minute. And then when I'm about ready to show up, you know, I'll, I'll send a big trumpet sign from heaven and wake you up and it'll be cool. And you can pretend like you've been serving me all your life and we'll, we'll, we'll just overlook all that goofiness. No, he didn't say anything like that. He says, be diligent, you know, 
Well, there are a Redeem lot of, the time. There are a lot of believers that are spiritually asleep. There are unbelievers that are spiritually dead. Yep. They're out of touch with the Lord. Uh, but there are a lot of people, uh, I would say the majority of professing believers in Jesus Christ are just really, asleep. Just, they're asleep. And mm-hmm. Paul says, uh, and he quotes the scripture, here he says, awake, Ephesians five fourteen. awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you life, uh, give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly. That means deliberately, pointedly, accurately, wisely. Mm-hmm. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. That means making the most of every opportunity that we have. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. He says, do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Be being filled with the Spirit. Don't just say, oh, I wonder what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will of the Lord is. And uh, so, um, and, and then here's here's the will of the Lord as we mm-hmm. wrap this up for today. Uh, in this gospel, he talks about, you were dealing in back in Matthew 24, uh, delivering up to tribulation, being hated of all nations, then many will be offended and will be betray one another. That's even in the church. Will hate one another, and many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, we referred to that earlier. The love of many would grow cold, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Amen. And this gospel here here's. Here's here's the unchangeable um, commission that we have from the Lord. And this gospel of the kingdom, Matthew 24, 14, will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. That is our primary uh, focus. Our focus is on the Lord Jesus Christ, the big three, loving the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, our neighbor as, and loving our neighbor as ourselves, loving God, loving our neighbor, loving ourselves, uh, and then making disciples, teaching all nations, sharing the gospel of Christ, helping people be set free from the powers and devices of Satan, the lies of the enemy, to get into and follow the truth of God. This is it. The time is running out. The clock mm-hmm. is ticking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The time is going fast. People are are, are dying. Uh, people are going going to an eternity lost without Christ. Um, we are called, every one of us, in our own particular realm, our own particular area, our own work, our own uh, calling, our own, uh, our own anointing and gifting. We are called. Every bit of that is, needs to be related to connecting people with Jesus Christ, sharing the gospel of Christ. Remember what we prayed, Marjorie, in, in Acts chapter 4, what they were praying, that with all boldness that we may speak your word. Mm-hmm. They said, we're not going to back down because we're persecuted, because we're being opposed, because we're being resisted, attacked. We're going to go forth with boldness, and we, Lord, give us that boldness. And they did. God gave them the boldness. God answered that prayer. God brought the signs and wonders, brought the miracles. We're not just chasing signs. Signs follow believers. We don't, some believers follow signs and wonders. Signs and wonders come when we preach the gospel. Uh, Philip, when he went in, 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 I believe it's Acts chapter 8, went to Samaria. He preached Christ. The miracles came forth. The deliverance came forth. Preach Christ. So as we share Christ, as we live Christ, abide in Christ, share Christ, in power, in the power of the Holy Spirit, in obedience to his command, there will be the acts of God that will accompany. It says they went out into all over Mark 16, the Lord working with them. They went everywhere preaching the word, Marjorie. Mm-hmm. The Lord working with them and confirming the what word, the with, word signs. with signs following. Mm-hmm. Putting, God was putting his stamp of approval 
by doing wonderful, what we call miraculous things. These are the works of God that we need to see in our world in our day. Well, and speaking of signs, I think you've wrapped it up, and I want to wrap it up one more time. Uh, Not to take away from anything you said, because what you said is absolutely right, but one uh, one of the most urgent elements of this message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is his soon return. And in Revelations chapter 22, the very last chapter of the last book, in verse 10 he says, And he said to me, Do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. And Jesus said, I've sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come, let him who hears come, let him who thirsts come. And whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. And then he goes on to say, um, He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. So the urgency, the commandment was given 2,000 years ago, and we're in a, in a place of more uh, more of these signs, more of the urgency, uh, nearer, more immediately eminent than it's ever been before. And we uh, encourage you to seek the Lord, cry out to him for your own life. Ask the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you to show you what to do, that you don't be afraid. We're not going to be alarmed. We're going to walk. We're going to occupy. We're going to continue as the Lord God has instructed us. So, again, uh, be aware that this Sunday and Monday, September 13th and 14th is the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Rosh Hashanah, the ingathering, which is the ingathering of the harvest, I believe, in the Jewish traditions. But also, at some point, there will be the gathering in of God's souls, and the harvest will be um, completed. So, Father, we just thank you again, as Jerry's prayed, that you'd encourage, inspire, anoint, awake all of us, Lord God, through your love. May we be inspired and strengthened through your love. May we know your love for us. And in that love, we begin to love one another. And in that love, we keep the commandments, which is to love one another and to demonstrate your love towards each other and towards you, Father God. Encourage, protect, provide for each one of us, Father. We thank you for this great privilege to be here, to live for you in these days. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. We'll join you again next Tuesday. Oh, by the way, next Tuesday, the Lord willing, Doug Woodward will be back with us, and he's going to be talking about will Russia nuke the United States of America? Join us to find out. Thank God you bless. Thank you for listening. I have an emergency. What is your-